Thank you for listening to Corners and Conversations by Just Contributor Support, better known as JCS. New episodes are released every other Friday. For more information, visit jcsupport.org. J as in just, C as in contribute, the word support.org. To get updates when new episodes are available, text the word podcast to 855-691-4921. Check the description for details. Stay tuned. Peace family. Hope all is well. I had a interview not too long ago with Sergeant Harris. He is a National Guard recruiter. I think it's something that's very impactful for people who are interested. Just me speaking of my life story and how I got into the military and things of that nature. It may be a couple of more episodes that uh, me and him continue to speak on because there's a lot to unpack in my nine years of being with the military. And But for the small few, this may be something that you are thinking about or you have some curiosity about. That is the reason for me putting these conversations on here because uh, it's like me pulling up to his corner and having a conversation. Please feel free to hit me up about anything you're having questions about. And this will be two parts. I think it's interesting. Hopefully you all enjoy it. But we're about to find out. The person I have with me today is who inspired these conversations. He doesn't just give you a blanket answer. He's going to give you his perspective. He's going to tell you the truth as he know it and see it. I'm glad to have him with us today. And we're going to be discussing our guard experience today. And that's what this channel is about. I've had mine. It's unique. I haven't fully told my story yet. But as we have these conversation interviews, you'll get to know more about my story. But today, a Sergeant Strickland going to be in a hot seat today. And he's going to be answering some questions for us. Would you like to introduce yourself, brother? Yeah, peace family. Hope all is well. Um, I am Sergeant Strickland, or used to be Sergeant Strickland. I've been out of the National Guard for two years. March 2019 is when I separated. And doing my own thing, I incorporated a company, Just Contributor Support. is the main company working with youth from at-risk environments with some form of mentorship, guidance, tools, resources, things of that nature. All right. How long have you been in the Guard? It was nine years. Okay. When did you join? That was March of 2010 when I enlisted. Okay. I joined in February of 2008. So before we get into what happened in those nine years, let's talk about the reason why you joined. What inspired you to take up arms and serve your country? Or was it that? I know not everybody joined <laughs> for that. So give us your what brought you to it. What I tell people is, is either one or two reasons, either you're running towards something or running away from something. For me, I was running away from something. Me and my mother wasn't on the best of terms. You know how family have their disagreements. And what I was looking at was an entry-level nine-to-five job. That's not going to be able to help me sustain what it is that I need, you know, my own apartment, my own car, what have you. So I was like, right. you know what? I'm going to join the military. And so that's mm -hmm. what gave me the the first indicator to join. And my mother was like, yeah, so I'm the only boy in my family, to make a long story short. So my mother yeah. was like, I'm not about to sign for you to go join the military. So I had to wait until I was 18. That's why I wound up getting in in March. So as soon as I was able to get me out of here. All right. <laughs> and so what happened was the recruiter was like, this is how much you'll be making on active duty. Right. Keep in mind, this is a National Guard recruiter. And so yeah, I was right. like, 
Word in my mind, I thought I was gonna make like two thousand a month just doing a weekend a month yeah. <laughs> in the beginning. So that's what made me sign. And I was just like, oh yeah, uh-huh. I, I go find another job like this. Uh, <laughs> but the truth was that was not the reality of it. Indeed, that's yeah. what happens when you don't do yeah. your research. <laughs> he, he got with the okie doke for real. I did two thousand a, a weekend. Oh, uh, yeah, you was eager to go. He just told you what you wanted to hear. <laughs> he didn't lie to me. That's what I say. He didn't lie to me. He didn't, he didn't go in detail about how it really works. So that's what inspired you to join. So tell me about your initial uh, impression of the guard. Like once you first got in, starting to meet people, going to units. Did, y'all, did they call it RSP when you went? Yeah, it was RSP. The, mm-hmm. Yeah, so tell me about your your first introduction to it, like your, the idea that you had going in and, mm-hmm. you know, if that's the same once you got in. Um, I had, I was a, a blank canvas, as they say. So RSP, mm-hmm. what it was, Recruiter Sustainment Program. I think that's the, the term for right. it. When Recruit I was going, system. yes, when I was going, we were spending the night over the weekend. So we would go there. Right. Yeah, spend mm-hmm. the night there. And then you have the, if I remember correctly, it's like high impact drills and stuff. Now I was about mm-hmm. 240 pounds. Right. I was not in shape at all, first and foremost. Um, so, I need to hide weight. You tall, though. Correct. And so yeah. for the, the weight that was allowed for me to get in, I mean, yes, I was over it. But it was like, yo, you're going to have to you know, start cutting down, work on this, or what have you. So I was like, all right, cool. The first time we went to RSP and it was a high impact drill, they was like, all right, we're going to do the, the one minute push ups, one minute sit ups. But you all going to mm. do the two mile because you have the experience with those two miles will actually mean. I think I did that two miles in about 28 minutes, you know, because so the way how it was, the way how it was set up, like we, we go, we go and turn around. So it's like, that was the mile. So it's like, all right, we got your miles. Like, all right, cool. They're like, no, no, you got to go back again. Cause you got to, you got to see what the two miles feel like. I, I think I lost my left lung that day. You know, so Man. yeah, it, it was a rude awakening. It, yeah, it really was. It's crazy. I you you remind me of we had a drill like that, and it was like my first or second drill, and they had us doing the whole one minute push up, one minute. So that was for me. I'm skinny. I was puny. I was like one thirty five when I joined. I ain't have no muscles, no fat, whatever, nothing. So doing sit ups easy. Like the minute up, and I'm still I can still do sit ups. Doing push ups right. easy. Right. I ain't had much weight to move around. We got to that mile. Now, get to I've never ran before in my life. Like not even recreationally. So the only time I would run is when playing football or something like that. But distance it's not continuous. Running, yeah. Yeah. I've I've never done that. Never had a reason to, never planned on it. So this is my first time running, right? And I met this is this is also where I met Baker. All right, me and him joined the same month, so we went to RSP at the same time. Because of our personalities, we were known as like the go-to guys. So we was always it was either me or him as the PG because they know we was kind of squared away mentally, whatever. So I'm like, cool. All right, it's my boy. I'm gonna run with him. But anybody, <laughs> anybody that know Baker, know that this is fast. His way of running and, and, is not the same as everybody else' way right, of running. It's not. He's going to run as fast as he can until he's finished. And so I'm trying, again, this is my first time running. So I'm like, we start off at a pace. I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, you ain't running. I can run this fast. This ain't nothing. I couldn't keep it up. I can run that fast. I just couldn't run that long. I tell you, I about died by the time we got to the finish line. And we only did one mile. 
we did half a mile there, half right. a mile back. I, I was like, <laughs> it took me, it took me like an hour and a half to recover from it before I can like, before I didn't feel like I was gonna and fall they, out. The crazy part is the the cadre. I think that's a technical term for them, or the those who you know leading you and guiding you through. Was what's the term for them? Yeah, they the were known as cadre. Right. They yeah. already know what's about to happen, so it's like they already. Right. They're already about to get their entertainment, to make a long story short. And so they just like, oh, right. you, you all right? I made some enemies that day. I was like, you an enemy? You an enemy? You an enemy? I, I had to learn the hard way. If you prepare yourself for stuff, you don't have to you know, ha- have as bad of an experience as you're going through it. Stuff, you know, yeah, you yeah. have access to all of that beforehand. So I could have prepared myself <laughs> what to expect <laughs> before we get to it. I definitely, I definitely want to prepare mm-hmm. But one thing I did realize, though, as a pro to that, even though I almost died, them watching me was like, oh, that boy got some heart right there. I like him. You know, that shows that my my mindset matched my work ethic. I wasn't just mentally trying to be there. I was actually physically going to give it all right. right. So uh, how long did you end up staying at RSP before you went to base yourself? You remember? Oh, yes, I do, actually. I went for April and then May, and then I got on that flight to go to basic. That's what it was. As soon as I graduated from high school, it wasn't even two days. I was on that flight. I was ready to go. Remember, I am out of here. I went to Fort Jackson. Got there. What was your job? Uh, My MOS, Petroleum Supply Specialist, 92 Fox. So the way I explained to people, you remember back in the day, you used to have the gas station, the person be there with the pump to fill up the gas for you. Yeah. I'm that person. Yeah. Well, I was that person, I should yeah. say. When the recruiter said, he go a list of jobs based on your ASVAB score. I was just like, no infantry. I ain't cooking no macarons and cheese. What did? Petroleum supply specialist? That sounds hard. Nah, you just pumping some gas. Like at a gas station? I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. So I wanted to do the easiest yeah. job to get away as quick as possible. When I first got there, you know, it's the uh, it's like reception. I didn't know that. So I'm like, I don't know what to expect. The staff was dead. It was like, I don't know what you're looking like y'all at basic. This ain't basic yet. You know, so it's like you have to prepare. So it was like a week or two. And then that's when that one day they have everybody bring all your stuff outside. And then that's when you meet, you know, your drill sergeants. Um, uh, what was it, a bus? No, it was the, you know, the military vehicles to put all the gear on it. Right. Put a tag, put the gear on it. And then you get on the bus. And then that's when, you know, the experience happened. I don't know if they're doing it anymore, but yeah. Yeah, awesome. Since we're talking about basic, what was your experience like? Because I know for me, I didn't, I didn't dread basic. I was like, you know what? It can't be hard and nothing. I ain't already done. It can be fun, some stuff to learn, whatever this may be. I went into basic feeling like I was physically gonna be all right. Because mm-hmm. I'm like in the mindset, I'm like, dude, my arm is only gonna do as many push-ups as they can do. So if you sit there and make, try to make me do push-ups all day, eventually my body is gonna say no. And you can't do no more push-ups. Right. <laughs> you know? But the thing for me is the mental aspect of it. That was kind of hard for me. It's like being away. Because I hadn't been away by myself before. Right? So I wasn't around any family, friends, not being able to contact nobody. Seeing all these different people from these different backgrounds and ethnicities. I met a white guy at basic that had never met a black guy before. That that seems to be the trend. Yeah, like his, his when he got to basic, that was his first time seeing a black person in real life. The only time he ever seen black people was on TV. I, I learned about myself through other people. And that's the, right. the a beautiful way of experiencing that. 
Because just like you say this, I mean, yeah, you're going to base it at a designated base, what have you. But it's people from all over all at this one world. location. Yeah. That's where you meet people. Are oh, you from Louisiana? You're from Louisiana? So Louisiana people, you know, group together. But then people from other, you know, countries or nationalities, they are very familiar with each other. So they tend to group together. And it wasn't intentional, but it's just you start learning from other cultures. My crew was different because I, I, I've never actually fed in with my crew, mm-hmm. you know, but I can fit in with anybody, you know. Yeah, chameleon. Uh, you know how everybody had like their certain groups, like just say the whites, the Hispanics, the blacks, people from the, the south, people from the north, up mm-hmm. north the foreign people. Right? They all kind of get their, I, I would say, intersecting groups. Right. Nobody would just belong to one group, but you had your main group and you had your subgroups that everybody was kind of in. Right. Uh, but my main group consisted of a Korean, a white guy, a I say white guy because I don't know. Yeah, he's from the mountain of caucus. Uh, yeah, a, a Mexican. Just on the Rainbow Coalition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was like four of us, but we was all is different, like as far as you can see, different right, in right. Being, right. So we're all from totally different backgrounds, and like, but I think that would that would made us so unique, right? Because there weren't you no. Know, so as you go through, basically, you know, you go, you do certain challenges and stuff, team building exercises that you do with groups. When it came to those, we always did those together, and we always were at the top because we all thought differently, and we all respected each other's thoughts. Mm-hmm. You had to understand, and it we knew what break. we knew who, yeah, we knew who was strong at what. You know, and all this and stuff, and we trust each other. So, like, I that experience is like something that I always be when you were basic. Like knowing that I was able to build a relationship with people, strangers from all over the world, and us do stuff together that you know was challenging. We're looking at like, man, how can we go? And we knew we can do it, right? We're going in, we're making a plan, we're respecting each other. You know, we're commending each other for our like. It was it was just a good experience to me. Beautiful. Oh. Uh, the, I don't know if you remember the you know the buddy system. The guy yeah, who yeah. I had, his name was uh, Rosado. I'll never forget this guy. But he was like the one person who always had something going on. Whenever he messed up, of course, I have to be alongside him. And man, that was the most aggravating thing ever. Like, I've never been so <laughs> disturbed by something I had no control over, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Now, in his defense... He, you know, his English wasn't the best, right? So he was Puerto Rican, if I'm not mistaken. But he had his group of people that he was with. But obviously, they're not about to group you with the people you're comfortable with. So you have no choice but to, like, get to know other people that you normally wouldn't speak to, to make a long story short. Every time something is wrong, like, I could go use uh, the bathroom. They call it a latrine. So I go use the latrine, right? And I come back, he in the push-up position. All right, Strickland, you can get down with your buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just went to go use the latrines drill sergeant. Yeah. I don't want hit. Get down with him. And I'm just like, my G, we have to have a talk. Like, when you about to do something stupid, do it for the duration that I'm gone. How about that? Ask somebody else to assist you with your punishment. You don't need me for this. Man. But I, I've learned the whole point of what they're driving is the things that you are doing can impact others and I get it, but they ain't have to be that great in enforcing it. <laughs> yeah, illustrating it. Yeah. Going through it, you're doing these confidence courses, these trust exercises, and all of these things. And I would just like, I would rather deal with this compared to being back at home. 
you know, because the whole point of me leaving was mm-hmm. I want to do things that nobody else in my family is doing. So that's really was the challenge for me. But eyes broke. Right. So I can't be able to go about it in that way. But then at the same time, how I'm able to afford things if I don't have no values, you know, so it was it wasn't the fact that I was getting paid. It was the fact that I didn't have to worry about nothing. The food was there. Right, you know, right. the clothes was there. The the bare necessities was there. You had everything you needed so you can focus on the It gave me time to think about what are my next steps going okay. forward. And so right. around the around the middle of basic, I get a Red Cross message. My stepfather wound up passing while I was in basic. So the whole purpose of me like running away from stuff. And the fact that I was stubborn in my own way, you know how teenagers growing up, you want to do things your way and your parents is like, my house, my rules. And I'm just like, yes, but I didn't ask to be born. So I, hi, you the problem. So yeah, after he wound up passing and it's just like, all right, my mother is a widow now. I can't move forward with my plan to rule the world because my mother is now a widow. I had flew back for the funeral. And you know, when you get that emergency leave, it's not you going on vacation, like just enough time to get there, go to the funeral, and the very next morning I have to fly back. So I still couldn't like properly grieve or be there for my mother. So I I really felt guilty after that. And I was like, let me at least prevent issues that she would have to have regarding her children. That changed my perspective. So in retrospect, it was like I left to focus on myself to become a better person so that when I return home, I could be more helpful compared to adding to the hassles and issues that she would have. With basic, that was beautiful. And I still keep in touch with people to this day, actually. That's the crazy part. When you build on a relationship you didn't know you needed for like those times in your life. Graduated from there, then went to uh, AIT in Fort Lee. I enjoyed that. That was I had a great time now. A lot more relaxing there. Huh? It really was. <laughs> and it was instructors yeah. there. It wasn't the drill sergeant thing that I think they're implementing now. Right. You got more autonomy, so to speak. You do this at this time. Don't mm-hmm. be late. So when they doing the, you know, the head checks and all right. that stuff, when they do the formations, as long as you there, you have nothing to worry about. Outside of that, all right, y'all, you know, next time you need to be here as X, Y, and Z, be adults. So that's the main thing. Don't do nothing stupid. Don't be that guy. All right. it takes is that one person to mess it up. So now, all right, everybody need to have a company formation, and they're calling out everybody name by name. So this is like 250, 300 people. So you got to stand outside on this mm-hmm. big slab of concrete, like look like a big basketball court, pretty much. And they're just calling out people names. Yeah. And this is how they got to do head checks. And so they, y'all want to do stupid stuff? Now we got to do stupid stuff. Such and such. Here, all right, move over there. <laughs> such and such. Here, move over there. <laughs> so it's like you have your fun, but at the same time, it's just like, why do people got to mess things up? Yeah, they, they give you that freedom. Snatch it right back. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, yeah, let me show you how, how free you really so are. So disrespectful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, AIT was definitely more relaxing. It made, me, it made me appreciate the basic training experience more. Now I understand why everything was so uh, hand-to-hand and basic. You know, because when you get to AIT and realize that once some of those hands get let go, you still gonna have people off and doing. I agree. Supposed to be doing. Uh, they just gotta do it. They just have yeah, to. Yeah. But it kept, kept it at a, a, a maintainable rate. Yeah. Because if everybody was doing it, you know, you couldn't get nothing accomplished. It made me take pride in knowing that. Hey, you ain't got to check for me. If you tell me beer, I'm gonna be there. 
if if you tell me to do this, I'm gonna do this. Right. So simple. Right? But when you tell me it's my free time, it's my free time. Leave me alone. Right. The level of yeah. networking that people have when it comes to a hey, look, such and such here, we're about to do the check. Y'all need to get back. I don't know where y'all at. And so we communicate. That's crazy how well people communicate if it's to avoid something that they should be doing. You ever notice that? Right, right, right. When I reflect on those experiences, it's the reason why, even if I'm back at home, I still do my own laundry. Reason why, if I'm back at home, mm -hmm. hey, look, everything right. in my room, I'm going to take care of. It should be no reason for somebody to have to clean up after me. Right. I'm glad you brought that up because for me, it hurts me every time I go to my mom's house and I walk in my little brother's room and I see his room. And I'm what like, is this? how are you? How are you even sleeping? How can you in here? think? Right? Yeah, like I you, you how do you how do you feel how do you feel able to be in here? Like I wouldn't like it's is when places are dirty, you feel confined consciously. Yeah. Right? Because you don't want to touch stuff, you don't want to move, like you don't have the freedom to, you know, just lounge and relax and stuff like that, right? Uh and that's how I am. I don't know because basic made me that way. Did, did people no, call you mom, like a neat freak? Was, when you came back and they just noticed, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like you, I'm like, listen, like you, how did you live? It's here? always people who look at this, missing, misplacing stuff, who uh, always in a funky attitude. I'm like, look, if you clean your environment up, you'll feel yeah. better, right? You organize know, your environment, you organize your thoughts, you're able to yeah. process things you better. Mm -hmm. yeah. So when you, when you know when you walk in here, you know something, you know exactly where it's at. You're not walking in the room like, dang, I got to go find this. Dang, I got to go find it. Nobody wants to go. You know how hard it is to go find everything? To, to prepare, to prepare, right? to do something. Right, to prepare. Right. So if you want to work out, you got to go find the shirt and the shorts. The, the, the clean ones. The clean ones. Yeah, the clean ones, right? Oh, then you, then you got to. Wash. Oh, now I gotta go find some laundry detergent. I don't know why I put the laundry detergent. No, it's all that stuff is. It helps to make create a smoother lifestyle. So I do appreciate that from learning learning there from basic and stuff. Like I said, my mom was always big on that in the first place. Like we literally did spring cleaning three, four times a year. We dumped everything, cleaned everything, right. folded everything, moved the dressers, the bed, you know, and all that stuff. So I already kind of had a foundation. But it made me appreciate doing it as a group, especially with common areas. Everybody uses a living room, but nobody wants to clean yeah. it up. Come on yeah. now. Like, look, just clean up. Just clean up what you brought into the living room. And that'll be enough. Your part. Right? Nobody wants to wash dishes. Wash your dish. All right? Little stuff like this. So, the, the things that yeah. they didn't teach, what we had to learn ourselves, prove that you're competent to do those things. And then you can move on to the next phase. But the part I think was more impactful was how everybody had to communicate. All right, look, I can't make up my bed at the same time you make up your bed. I'm on the top bunk, you on the bottom bunk. How about you organize your wall locker and I'll make up my bunk and then right. we'll swap. Like when you look at how that system was established, that's impactful. Right, right. That's life changing. The person at the top bunk makes their bed up first because sometimes they have to step on the bottom bunk just so they can reach the top bunk. Right. Or not stepping on someone's clothes. If you're gonna step, like you can step on the, 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 the edge, the, yeah, the railing, yeah. right? Yeah, the edge is so don't don't step or sit on my bed without my permission. I don't want your 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 tail on my bed. I have to lay up under these covers. You ain't wash your butt all day. 
We just got back from PT. Yeah, man, it was a rough day. Go take a rough shower. That's the reason why now, even if I'm at home, bro, if I come in the house sweaty, I sit on the floor before I sit on the couch. Because I know I can just mop the floor up. I'm not going to have my couch smelling and sweating. After basic, I, I didn't like carpet at all. Like carpet is not easy <laughs> yeah. to clean when you throw it. You could shampoo a carpet, but that's not as not as easy like, compared to sweeping uh, and mopping. Right, it's a lot more proficient when you can sweep a, a wooden floor and mop it in 15 minutes is dry. All it took was that one time for something to be out of place. You know, drill saw they got to make a scene, got to make an example out of everybody. They'll come in there, they'll tear something up, and then say, "I'm gonna leave." And I'll be back in 10 minutes. If it's not fixed, we're going to try this all over again. And so just to see how they apply just a very unique way of putting stress on certain aspects, just to mess with you all right. and how everybody, you know, established systems will look. I'm not about to be doing this every day. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to have this roster here. You're going to take care of that on this day, so on and so forth. And it becomes a system that we establish. So it's just the, right. the autonomy that goes with it. You have the things that you already know you have to do for the day. Some drill sergeants, they'll tell you what you need to prepare for tomorrow. Other drill sergeants, be ready. <laughs> so once we establish that level of understanding, life got so much easier. I went from 240 to like 190 pounds. And I was like, that is crazy. Like, no, that's that's not healthy at all. But when you look at it, they had so much influence over everything that you do. So in the morning, you would typically eat stuff. And the drill sergeant would be like, okay, well, for those who are not in or don't know, when you go to the dining facility, they just have different colored cars. So it make life easier for you. Green, you know that's good. Yellow, moderately, you're good. Red, I don't know why you're picking that up. When you right. look at the, the colors and they teach you about that, just pay attention to this. Pay attention to that. Or if you know you're not doing your best, I better not see nothing like this on your plate if you know you're not accomplishing nothing. <laughs> you know? Right. So they right. controlling what you eat. They controlling how much time you have to consume it. So just the nutrition aspect of it, that was impactful. And you're not sitting there being lazy. So you're moving around. And it got to the point where the, the commander, Captain Garcia, I'll never forget it. She was like, how much weight did you lose? Too much, ma'am. Too much. Right. <laughs> man, I left that looking like a greyhound, man. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, man. So with that being said, I've always had this thought um, that... I want to know how you feel about it, that I feel like all young men, especially in our communities, should join the military for at least two years. Get that two years experience, that basic training, that organizational experience, that discipline, and you can get out and do whatever you want to. Active duty? I feel like it don't have to be active duty. You can do National Guard. I'm cool with National Guard. All they need is two years. All they need is two years. A lot of people don't know this, that you can join the National Guard with a three by five contract. So you only have to actually serve three years and the five is inactive. So you can go to basic training. You can get your job skill training, stuff like that. Get get familiar with the union experience. By that time, your contract up and you can go into whatever career field or whatever you want to go into. But at least you'll have those basic training principles. You'll have a job skill that you can actually mm-hmm. use and you'll uh, have a network of communication with people that can actually help you. Especially in the National Guard, a lot of those people are business owners or managers at certain companies. And, and that, like that is, or, those are the opportunities people don't pay attention to. Every other month or yeah. after a couple of months, they'll have, you know, hey, fill out a survey for those who are, you know, underemployed or unemployed. They always get together mm-hmm. some information. And there'll be times the first sergeant will say, all right, look, we got some job opportunities here. Put me as a reference. I talk to these people. If somebody needs something, let me know. 
So when you have those, hey, look, we got some orders that's about to happen. You know, go ahead and everybody go ahead and put in your name. We're going to try to get at least four people on for it's going to be for a couple of months. When you talk about those opportunities, man, that was that was very impactful. Those times like that got me through some stuff. What? Because you got to think, what? man. I, <laughs> look, there were times where I'm working at McDonald's or casino or whatever. whatever. I'm making eight, nine, ten dollars an hour. I'm working 40, 50, sometimes 60 hours a week, uh, making 500 to maybe 800 dollars. Right. You get on those orders, which ain't really much. And you get on those orders. All it is is show up on time, yeah. follow the instructions. After that, right. disappear. Like we'll we'll call you when we need yeah. you. Like you you really not spend a lot of time working, right? As far as the hours putting in and work, it's, man, it's, it's waiting to be told right. what need to be done. That's it. <laughs> All right. Uh, so the amount of work you're putting in and the amount of pay you're being compensated for, like nothing was beating it, bro. I was taking orders on anything that I can get, right? I think it helped me stay ab- above the poverty line. I was financially illiterate. I would, we all? right? I would just live in paycheck to paycheck because I was poor with managing right, right. money. Me too. And those orders and stuff came in clutch just in time, every time. I remember one time I was I was on orders. It was, I don't know if it was Hurricane Gustav or Isaac, but somewhere along that uh, natural disaster. Yeah. Where was I working at the time? I want to say it was like Target. And I, I just knew, because it was going, going to go to deployment right after that. Man, I went to work and I let them people know how I felt and I walked up out of there. Now, yeah. this is what I advise people not to do. Even if you despise the job, Put in that two weeks notice and just leave, leave the place better than how you found it. Cause you never know when you have to return back to it. Yeah, that's I was supposed deployment. to go on a deployment, but then that's when it was announced, Hey, the war in Iraq is over. And like the following month, I was like, all right, we're getting ready to leave. It's December. They was like, yo, it's, it's not going to happen. I was like, but I just let everybody know how I really felt about them back at, back at, <laughs> at work. <laughs> It's supposed to be my big break, but it didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So I, I learned that even if I dislike a, a position, hey, look, put in my two weeks notice. Thank you for the opportunity. It's been well. But, you know, if, it, if anything changed, you'll be the first person I would like to come back to. In fact, it looked like I'm not leaving because I'm so proficient while in the process of leaving. Right. You can't work 15 minutes early. Just want to make sure I leave a great impression yeah. to if I have to come back. Right. So it's not about well, what brought you back here. It's about when can you start, you know? Right. So yeah, learn right. that experience. Being in the National Guard can influence what position you have access to when we talk about employment. Think about mm-hmm. it like a business owner. I just need you to understand on a business owner's perspective what they have to process. If there's a position that they want to hire somebody for and you're with the National Guard, what you have to keep in mind is you'll be gone for at least a week and a month in two weeks in the summer. The other person who's competing with you for that position, they're not in the National Guard. In actuality, the person who owns the business have to hire the both of you because who's going to do the work while you're not there? The reason why they like National Guardsmen is because they're more likely to receive information and execute because that's pretty much the bread and butter when we talk about top-down communication. These are the orders. This is what we need done. And I know you're going A business owner, they love that level of execution, that level of initiative. The only thing they don't like is when you, that valuable person, is not at work because you're with the National Guard. So now they got to deal with the person who's not as great as receiving information and (laughs) doing what needs to be done. 
Who's you again, yeah, man? <laughs> Let me call your uh first star and see if I can get you to stay at work. <laughs> no, I don't think uh he he busy right now. I don't even think he's taking calls. Mm-hmm. Hey, that is a pro and a con. As time mm-hmm. has progressed, more employers are like. You know what? It, it is a sacrifice, but I'd rather take that sacrifice because I know when they are here, I can depend mm-hmm. on them. Those and spots. that's when you know your <laughs> value. When you say, all right, I got to go to National Guard and you see right. two, three people walk in. Well, what y'all doing here today? Well, because you leaving. What I would yeah. say was a great addition to me being a National Guard was a government job. Not because the government job was so great. It was the fact that since you're in the National Guard government job, your absence is not frowned upon. It's encouraged in a sense. And you're actually paid because you're doing the two weeks that you do in the summer. You get paid military leave for that. So that's non-chargeable leave. It's a free check. You know, so I just was like, wow. But it's based on your profession. So for some people, let's say you do construction or transportation. Like for me, I was transportation for the, the first half of my years. Second half, I switched to construction. For people who want to do those jobs, plumbing, electrical, the the blue collar jobs, so have you, they joined the military to get the experience that is signed off and then they start in the workforce. So you're already doing what you're capable of doing. You have the training or the training similar to what is meeting a standard for whatever it is for the civilian market and you already employable compared to the one person saying, I show up to work on time, I'm good at communicating. So that's the the advantage. And that will wrap up the first part of the interview that I had with Sergeant Harris. Please stay tuned two weeks from now. Uh, Not next Friday, but the Friday after that, I will be dropping the second half of this interview. It seemed like it was very enjoyable for both ends. So don't be surprised if you see another one pop up. The second half, we do have some more information, some more tips, some notes some tools. Uh, Take it for what it's worth. Do your own research. Get your own perspective. Look at it from your own pros and cons and how you would benefit from it. And that's what I talk about in the second half. So stay tuned. And there you have it, folks. Another episode. (laughs) If you made it this far, thank you for listening. If anyone wished to be a guest, please feel free to let us know. You can text the word guest to 855-691-4921. New episodes are released every other Friday. For more information, visit jcsupport.org. J as in just, C as in contribute, the word support.org. Check the description for details. To get updates when new episodes are available, text the word podcast to 855-691-4921. 